1: Hey everybody, David here, and welcome to the ASOG Podcast. We're going to be doing something a little different for the next few weeks as Lucas and I had an opportunity to attend the premier automotive training event in the Southeast ASTE put on by the independent garage owners of North Carolina. As a runner-up to Ratchet & Wrench's All-Star Award, Lucas also attended the Ratchet & Wrench Management Conference in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We were able to record a bunch of great conversations, and we'll be releasing them at a pretty rapid pace. First up is a conversation that Lucas recorded at the Ratchet & Wrench Management Conference. He sat down with shop owners Jimmy Aluria, Jason Stretch, and technician Judson Stagnero to talk about the event. But before we get started, please take a moment to hit the like button if you're watching this on YouTube. And if you like our content, a subscription would be fantastic. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast listening app, make sure you're set to automatically download the latest episode so you never miss an upload. And there's going to be a bunch here soon, so make sure you're subscribed. And now, here we go.
0: Aluria, Aluria. Yep, very cool. What's your name? I'm Judson Stagnero. Very cool. Where are you from? Phoenix, Arizona. Phoenix, Arizona. And you came up here to the cold country,
2: right? I did. I... Where are you from? I'm from the cold country. I'm from uh, Pine River, Bacchus, Minnesota, about two and a half hours north of here. Really? Yeah. Very cool. So tell us, why are you here, Jimmy?
3: Well, I've been a shop owner for the last uh, six years. I've been speaking at this conference for the last three years. And um, it's a really unique conference in right. that it's all about shop owners helping shop owners. Right. So.
0: Well, that was one of the cool things that I noticed about it is like everybody talking was either a shop owner had been a shop owner. And one of the things that I've noticed with coaches and consultants is, is they oftentimes become disconnected. Right? They go and they, they start working as a consultant and they lose sight of what it's like to be in the shop. They make recommendations. say, hey, go do this. Dude. I don't think you understand what it takes to do that like yes, if you were here you wouldn't see that the same way you know so that's really cool and and that was one of the things that i thought was neat about it was going into these rooms and and listening to a shop owner share their perspective but you know what i thought was the coolest was the networking part of it like literally going room to room and and walking around with that sheet last night and talking to people and just meeting different people almost forced to meet people that was really Cool.
2: Right. Uh, I met a lot of really cool people. Uh, I'm an aspiring shop owner, so right. being able to discuss you know, my dreams and my ambitions with people that have been successful right. is astronomically helpful to begin with. But the, the thing that I've taken away from this whole event is everyone that I've talked to is willing to share. It's yeah. not like we're holding yeah. our cards close to the vest. It's like, no, I'm successful and I want you to be successful Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Absolutely, and I think that's what's so cool about it is because everybody's driving to
0: improve the industry as a whole, right? Yeah. Not just trying to do something for self, really pushing to try and make things better for everybody, you know? And that's crazy. So, what are you doing now? Are you working
2: in a shop? What are you? Yeah, I'm the uh, master automotive technician slash lead technician, right? And uh, I kind of have this unwritten agreement that once I'm done here, Uh, I'm going to sit down with my owner, and we're going to discuss the buyout plan, because he's 62. It's time for him to retire, and I'm very excited to fill those shoes. That's awesome, dude. And
0: and so, like, how long have you been turning wrenches? Uh,
2: Ten years now. Very cool. Awesome. And you've got a big passion for EV. I do. Yep. I uh, firmly believe that it's the future. Right. Uh, Like I said, I, I bought one just with the thought that whether I like it or not, I'm going to end up working on them, so I should know what it's like to live with one. Right. And to be truthful, I didn't want to like the car, but right. <laughs> I got into it and I drove it. I'm like, oh my god, this is the best thing I've ever driven. It's just you get into it, it's, it just goes. You don't worry about it, and I have to beat my wife off with a stick to keep her from driving it. <laughs> it's awesome. And she's like, I'll take it. <laughs> well, so I'm I'm
0: thinking about buying one, right, just to have one to drive. And and you know. Um, Let's see here, Jason. You gotta tell everybody who you are. Put that on your, uh, and we're gonna sync you up here. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna snap our fingers. Yes, perfect. Love it. So, um, so long story short, um, Jason, uh,
3: photo
0: op. So Jason Stretch just joined us, so we're, we're going to uh, take it to the next step here. We're recording everybody, so so you you're big into EV, Jimmy. Where did you come from? How did you get started?
3: Uh, family business. My dad right. started our company in 1975, month after I was born. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I never had any aspirations of getting into the industry, and then right. uh, uh, sh- hockey career ended very shortly after I went pro, and right. I was in the I was in the family biz. So right didn't but, uh, have much of a choice yeah but it was interesting i was talking i was talking to, to a group yesterday and my love and admiration for this industry
4: yeah
3: has obviously had its ups and downs i've been doing it for 21 years wow. but it's it's been an up and down that looks like a nice upward trend in the graph right you know what right. i mean like it just gets more and more and i think it's just because it's because of stuff like this where you you really yep. get to know I mean, shop owners and and you start networking with some of the top guys yep. in this business, and you realize that none of us are competition. Exactly. We all want to share our, our you know, our best secrets because, right. I mean, we just want to make the industry better. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, Jason and I were talking about that
0: earlier. Like,
1: Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now
0: Click the link in the show notes to get started. We have to expand. We have to get better. And we have to take the bottom with us, right? We, we don't improve our industry unless we take everybody with us. And, and unfortunately, that means some have to leave the industry, right? There's no way around that. And I know that's a sucky thing to talk about. But some are going to have to leave. Some are going to have to get on the boat and go with us, right? There's no way around that. Jason, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're an A.S.O.C. member,
4: right? I am a proud member. I'm not a contributing one. I'm looking to change that after talking to you. Um, Now, I own a shop called Legendary Automotive. It's in uh, Fort Myers, Florida. Right. And, um, you know, I've had that since, uh, let's see, 2017, April of 2017. Um, It was an existing shop. I had had another location in New Hampshire that I had owned for about 10 years very successfully. Um, for six out of 10 of those years, we were the top independent triple a shop for the entire state. Holy cow. But I wanted to change and I went to Florida, right. uh, bought that shop in 17 and, um, you know, within, uh, took a shop from 750 to 2 million within two years. Right. Wow. And, um, now I have all this, I have great, uh, great team and that right. gives me more time to give back to, uh, our industry. Like, uh, Jimmy said, you know, um, one of the things that's truly amazing about uh, the group of shop owners, whether ASOG or right. here at the Ration Wrench Conference, is everybody genuinely cares about each other right. and wants to uh, wants to help others, Yeah. you know, overcome. You know, we've all started somewhere, you know, exactly. sleeping in, I slept on a cot when I first bought my last shop in a hot room in the shop because right. I had to choose between rent and a shop. Right, exactly. Know?
0: Yeah, and I, I told you a story about um, about one of the guys who won the scholarship, that he was in a really similar situation and and you know that's what's so cool about it is that we're all pushing for that we're all pushing for improvement we're not just out here trying to say and you know justin you're coming in right and, and what i admire about this guy is is that he's out here trying to get some training trying to get some information first mm-hmm. what we're seeing like in our groups in our circles we're seeing a lot of, of technicians who say you know what that owner guy he's taking all the money mm-hmm. And uh, he's not giving me any of it. <laughs> and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go start my own shop. And so they go in, and they don't have any knowledge. They don't have any information. They don't have any ability. Next thing you know. And, and you know, if we've read the E-Myth. Any of y'all read the e you got to read the e right, before you start your shop or you take over. Okay. Like, when you read the e one of the things he talks about is the bakery. And if you listen to the podcast, you hear it in almost every episode, is that the job of baking cupcakes is not the job of owning a business that bakes and sells cupcakes. Right? Sure. And it's a realization that just because we're really good tech does not make us a really good owner. It doesn't make us a good manager, right? It becomes something we have to learn. So I'm really impressed to see you here trying to learn that to see what the business is actually about.
2: And uh, that's kind of why my first step was this was I wanted to decide is this going to be the life for me. You know, yeah. I I enjoy working on cars. Um, but I have to understand that once I make the transition from technician to business owner, uh, I'm gonna have to take my tools home. Yeah, I, I have a business to run. I don't yeah. have the the time anymore to work on things unless it's my own stuff at home. And uh, you'd mentioned um, earlier about how you know the technician sees you know oh the boss is making all the money. Right. Well, I think that's the improper motivation. I mean, like you right. mentioned, coming and wanting to better yourself and build the relationship excuse me build the relationship with your boss so that you can leave on good terms to begin with you know yeah. but he grew something and if i am able to give him you know his end of the road retirement plan you know it's like hey here's the, whatever the amount is you can die on this effectively right. you know he's happy he's you know, hopefully be happy that it's left you know a good legacy Right what what you're
3: doing is really cool, yeah. though, because it's it's Absolutely. very similar. Like, you're, you're, your boss is really lucky
2: mm-hmm. um, yeah. to
3: have you because it was the same situation with my dad. Like, they build these companies up, and let's face it, I mean, it, it, a, a single store selling for a lot of money, to, enough to retire on, mm-hmm. unless it's set up right and doing a ton of volume, is really tough. Like, yeah. a sure. shop owner's got to save a lot of money for a lot of time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like even a million dollar, two million dollar shop is, you know, it's depending on how old they are. Right. Right. And when we looked at it and taking in, in me buying the company from my family was that I, bu- I worked a, bu- a buyout plan that was going to be 15 years long. Plus, my dad had his savings and all that stuff. So it was really like a retirement plan. So, you know, he's he's lucky. He's lucky that, that, that you have somebody working for yeah. him that is That's taking true. that much responsibility.
0: Yeah. That is really true, and and so I, I think so many shop owners they go into this and they think, you know, and we've talked about this on the show before. I, I had an opportunity to buy a shop, right? And I went and talked to the shop owner, and he says I'd like one point one million dollars. And so I talked to the, the appraiser and I said, rough guess, tell me what the property's worth. And he said four hundred thousand dollars, buildings and everything. And I and I go talk to him and said, okay, so let's talk a little bit about. The business itself. Let's see P and and nowhere on there had he paid himself. Nowhere on there had he paid rent. Nowhere on there was there net profit. And I began to talk to him, and I said, "Hey, listen, where, where's the money at? Where, where, you know, where have we generated revenue? You know, you're telling me you've done all this. This revenue, where's it at?" And he said, well, you can't have revenue, because then you have to pay the pay taxes. The taxes. Oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, your business is yeah. not worth that. And they build all their retirement into that, and they think, well, I'll sell all the equipment. Well, it's worth pennies on the dollar at that point. It's right. not worth anything. Right. And so I think it's so sad to see that, because we see it so often. We see these shop owners build their retirement yeah. into a business that's not yeah. worth right.
4: Well, I think, and... I think a lot of guys start their shop. That's the dream, but there's no exit strategy when they're starting it. Right. Uh, I see so many that I'm going to look at, you know, to expand, you know, into another location. They've been robbing themselves blind, right? You know, so that when they are going to sell, they're ready to sell the shop. Right. They literally, well, I'm making seventy grand over here. They're trying to get paid twice on it and it right. just doesn't work that way if you work with banks. Yeah,
0: exactly. So what's your game plan? You you know, you've got a really successful shop. You had a really successful shop. Now you got another one. What's the game plan? What's the future so, look like for you?
4: Well, I mean, obviously um, I want to expand into multiple locations, okay. you know, within the, uh, you know, southwest Florida area. Right. Um, but I want to care enough about my staff to provide a pathway for people that are joining my team yep. to get the education right. so that they can become a key player within my organization and then earn some interest, you earn some ownership over time. Right. And then between the ownership and the cash from the small percentage of ownership, right. I'm literally setting setting them up within 10 years or 15 years so that they will have enough cash Right. to buy the business I That's continue awesome. to hold the real estate for right. you know several years after that and then hopefully if they've if I've trained them well enough they will yeah. we'll um, take over and roll with be able it. to buy the real estate too at that point but uh, I really awesome. want to get involved right. with uh, helping our industry more um, you right. know shop is you know uh, I love shops I love shop ownership but there uh, there are a lot of folks out there that uh, you know that could use a little help there I'd a like bet. to provide some of that that's it's, awesome
2: it seems like a over-encompassing theme here is all of the shop owners have kind of had this i don't want to say it a mantra or a, a slogan but charge enough to pay your people well mm-hmm. and it's yeah. really neat to see especially elites such as yourselves with that mindset where you take care of your people and the money's just going to show up right that's exactly. very cool.
0: Exactly. Well, and you know, in ASOG, there was this whole theme over the past couple years, and it was RYR twenty 2020, twenty, RYR twenty twenty one. Raise your rates yeah. twenty twenty, um, and and in so many ways, a lot of these guys who are who are the best of the best have recognized that our trade has lagged behind the others. Mm-hmm. Right. Yet we have more liability. We face more challenges than many of the other trades by far. Right, and we're dealing with some stuff now, and, and you know you're into EV. We're going to see these EVs hit the market, and and one of the things that we talk about is is we're not prepared for that. The workforce is barely prepared for what we have right now. Jimmy, you're you're kind of going into the consulting thing, is that right? Like you're helping shop owners and yep. you're growing. What do you say to a shop owner that's out here saying, "Look, I can barely find help now. How am I going to train guys on EV? What do I do next?"
3: Well, I mean, you, right now is the time that. We're 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 at crossroads here. And yeah. and the guys who are trying to stay under the radar, the guys who are paying themselves cash, the guys that are you know doing things that aren't growing the business and putting things back into the company. Right. They're going to they they are either going to stay really small and they're going to be irrelevant to us, right? Like other shop owners and in the industry as a whole. Right. Or they're they're going to go out of business. Right. You know, right. So so the future of our industry right now is investing back into the company and one right. of the things that we're focusing on right now a lot of is management training and technician training. Right. One right. of the things that I learned years ago when I was d- delivering seminars for one of the and bigger and consulting firms different. was we, we stars, in the industry were doctors, really good at training owners. Right. Really good. Right. Right? And what you'll find in the, com- the common theme in this in this group here, like right. especially these multi-shop owners, they train deep. It's not just the man- right. it's not just the owner that's here. The bigger companies that are here right now, they've got managers here, they've right. got service writers here. They, some some guys have four, five, eight people here. Right. Right. So my my message, right, is that we need to get training and make this industry where people can see a path. So a technician can come in as a C technician and they can see their path to being an A technician that's gonna work on electric vehicles because the company is investing in the technology, in the training to get them there. And a service, or if they wanna be an owner someday, like what Jason's talking about. You know, how how do I get from a C technician to someday Eventually owning a shop and not being afraid of that.
0: Yeah, exactly.
3: Right? Not being afraid that someday if if Judson was working for me, right, right, knowing what his aspirations were to to feel confident enough in what we're doing to help him get where he wants to be, not suppress his growth.
0: Absolutely. And I I think that's so much. And in ASOD, you see a lot of that, right? You see a lot of these owners who are going out and saying, you can't be afraid of that. Right? Because if you really want to help the industry, because Judson's going to do what Judson's going to do, if that's his passion, he wants to own a shop, guess what? He's going to own a shop no matter what you do. So you have a responsibility to bring up the next generation. Is it part of that that's created this mess? Is it part of that that's created the industry that we live in today of owners who were not willing to go out and say, let me help you.
4: Let me take you to the next level. I mean, I think, uh, you know, what Jimmy is bringing to, you know, our industry is really what we need. We need education. You know, uh, some, I see so many shop owners um, basically running their business based on the successful actions that they see other people doing. They're like, so they're followers of yeah. other shops. They read, you know, stuff online, hear what people are doing, and then they apply it in their business, but they really don't know why. Right. you know and right. it's it's all about getting that real education like uh, Judson you know he had to get an education and get this big shiny toolbox so he can work on hybrid cars exactly. you know and it's those uh, those those business tools not only for the owner but for yeah. the you know sales staff and other staff right. within the organization right
3: isn't that the theme though like we're talking a lot at this conference about I've got three topics and they're either about employee engagement, like how do you get the most out of your right. team, you know, how do you keep your your people excited about the business by not right. like getting it trapped in the negative, and then finding technicians, like right. And the common theme, and these are some successful guys that are delivering right. seminars here, and the people that we're networking with, right? If you, the common theme is getting them training and caring about their success. Yeah. It's yeah. it's across the board. We were just in one just a little bit ago, and the, just the onboarding process for for uh, Seth's shop.
0: Yeah, it's insane. You know what I mean?
3: Like if, Dude, if a guy crazy. went through his training process just to get into his company, he would know more about running an auto repair shop than a lot of people. Lot. Yeah,
0: than a lot of owners. A lot of owners. Right, right, right. <laughs> the and, basics. Exactly, and and so I think that that's one of the things that we have to think about. Is we have to develop our team. We have to bring our team up. And right now, I'm I'm gonna tell you, we we've got hundreds and hundreds of technicians messaging us, and we're talking about these very very good auto repair shops. And they're saying, listen, you guys are saying there's good shops out there, but I'm telling you, I can't find one. Right, hundreds, and and there's no connection between the two. And and so we've got to begin to show them, and we have to we have to speak. Uh, with our words and act with our actions, right? Because what's happening in a lot of shops is is they're not doing that. That's yes, right. And, and the reality is we were talking about it yesterday. We were, I heard it in some classes today. You become so inundated with ownership, right? There's so much to do. Mm-hmm. That Brian song, uh, keynote this morning, it hit me right in the heart. Yep. I mean, because that's where we all are. Right, And whether you're a technician, whether you're an owner, you become inundated with the daily tasks that you have to accomplish. And you can lose sight of everything else. You've got to focus on
2: the people. From a technician standpoint, if I knew that there were owners out there right, Right. that acted like this and treated their employees like this, I would apply there a million times. And I think that uh, Joe Marconi last night hit on it really well. He said when you're marketing and he touched on the whole technician shortage thing he said right. those technicians they're looking at your instagram page yeah. they're looking at your facebook profile they're absolutely they're looking they're seeing how clean is your shop how are you treating people in the community yeah and so i mean that's probably my biggest suggestion to any shop owner that's looking for people right is manage your online presence and do it well and yeah. exemplify you know who you want to hire right don't just say oh i want to hire the best be the best. Amen. So that's right
3: from the technician's that's
2: mouth. That's a beautiful that's thing, man. Yeah,
0: so what would you say to a technician, right? If, what's your message to a technician? You're, you're living the dream that so many technicians, I'm telling you, I got 125 yeah. messages this week alone from technicians saying, hey, I want to make a transition to owner. I want to find a new job. I want this. I want that. What's your message to the technicians? Well,
2: if you're looking for a new job... <laughs> See, see who attended Ratchet and Ranch
4: yeah.
2: <laughs> and start applying at those places. I mean, really, it's, it seems like every person I've met has been just top-tier quality. Um, right. And if you're worth your salt, right. they're going to vet you and hire you. Um, the other thing is just start doing research. Right. You know, stop pounding on doors. Actually spend time. If, if you really have this drive to be successful... You're gonna take that time on the front end and really right. research your company. You know, what is their mission statement? Does their vision line up with who you are as a person and go from there when you're That's applying?
3: Awesome, dude. That's awesome. We did um Jason and I in another shop, we did over a over 150, it was about 170 technician surveys. Mm-hmm. Yes. We did them in Phoenix near my shop, right. Fort Myers yeah. by his shop, and Boise by our friend's shop. Right. And the common denominator of what technicians are looking for,
4: mm-hmm.
3: they want advancement. They want right. the environment. Yes, they want the money. Let's face right. it. Like a guy's going to get paid what he's worth, and he should. Right. 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 And that's Absolutely. that's where the whole culture, the whole mindset of the owner has to be in alignment because you right. have to be able to you have to be able to sell that technician's value to the customer. Yeah. Right. And he's yep. going to look for somebody. Who appreciates how much he's worth, yeah. what he knows, the tools he's invested in, the training he's invested in. But when you look at a, at a technician, and we, we talk all the time, it's right. I, I, I watch the, the auto shop owners group all the time, and everybody's talking about the shortage of technicians, the shortage of technicians. I hired two master technicians last week. Two right? right? Yep. And yep. what I did what did I put in my ad? I put the exact things that we found in the surveys. Right. The exact things that we found in the surveys and the ads. Now, where were these guys working? This one guy that, I, that, that we hired, his name's Nick, and he's going to start in, in a couple weeks after he does his vacation. He showed me, he goes, I'm working in a really tight location. And he goes, it's not, he, goes, he walks in my shop. My shop's an old shop, right? right. It's clean, but it's old. And he goes, wow, this, I got a lot of space here. This is really clean. Right. right? You'd think he walked into Taj's garage, you know? But, right. Yeah. But then he showed me a picture of where he was working. Right. He has one bay, one lift, in a really tight space, and it was nasty in there. Right. Right. This guy is certified in hybrids. Wow. The shop he's working for is a is a uh, uh, Asian import right. specialist. So and he's a master tech. Right. And he's working in that. Yeah, that's right? crazy. So and he and, there, and, and you know and he's making like eleven or twelve hundred dollars a week salary. Wow. Uh, he's gonna make he's gonna make eighty to a hundred thousand working for us.
0: Well, and so my question to all of you is this: is why do technicians, good technicians, stay at bad shops?
4: I, I, technicians don't like change, you know, That's a good point. and um, I think a lot of technicians. I have a lot of. You know uh, because we are well known for uh, right. you know providing excellent service have the good tools we have a lot of people that apply right. they're really just like coming to us so they can go back to their boss to get a get a bump in pay right you sure. know, they would rather stay in a bad situation that they know rather than risk going to this new place, uh, y- you know. Right. I was going to
2: say the same thing, the fear of the unknown. Right, and yeah. a lot.
4: I think a lot of guys have had bad experiences, bad experience after bad experience after bad experience, and they just think that that's what all these shops are. And right. I think what Judson uh, said about doing your research, and remember, when you're interviewing and checking these shops out as a technician, it's not just about them asking you questions right you know ask them questions yeah
0: definitely you know definitely. understand who they yeah, are
4: what, what are what are the opportunities that are presented here right. for me for financial growth and professional advancement right and talk to the other staff and find out where they've come from and how fast they've done and what the training's like right so what what questions would
0: you tell somebody to ask a uh, shop owner when applying what what if, if you're a technician? What would you ask a shop owner when you go to a block? Either one of
3: you. Well, I would say, I mean, from a standpoint, like you look at like, why doesn't a technician want to ch- change jobs? Right. And I, you're you're dead on. It's it's broken promises. There's a history right. there. Right. Where okay, well, especially like an A tech. Yeah. He might have a nice salary. He might be you know sixty seventy thousand dollars. Right. But what is his true earning potential? Right. Right. And right. I would say what is my potential here? Right. And how can you guarantee that? Right. Right? Like, but what are you doing administratively to keep these baseful? We, we, we have another group, an automotive association, right. Jason and myself, and we have about 20 shops. Right. And, and one of the things we were going over was looking at how many techs you have versus how many administrative support people you have. Right. Who makes the money in the shop?
0: Right. Yeah.
3: So who needs to be supported? Yeah, Aimer. right. Aimer. So right. In, a, in a lot of shops, and this is this goes back to the '90s when consulting first happened right. started in this industry, was that the ideal shop was three mechanics, one service writer, yep. an owner or a manager, and maybe a receptionist, bookkeeper, office manager that worked part time. Right. Keep the overhead low. Yep. Right. And keep yep. keep everybody happy. You can't grow like that.
0: Right. Yeah, so today, I would ask, how do no, you keep the base not. full? Well, so one, one thing that I've got to say to that is you touched on a subject that's going to get a ton of heat on mm-hmm. YouTube, and that is that a lot of technicians were pushing up saying, hey, these guys are out here paying consultants. These guys are out here paying uh, you know, office staff and all of these ancillary folks that are working in the office of the shop, and, and I'm over here making 16 bucks an hour. Now, look, you know, we're over here talking about $100,000 a year salaries. We're getting messages from guys saying, look, I can't get over $30,000 a year. I'm over here making $16 and $17 an hour, right? And, and, and okay, so David and I, we thought that must be just like, surely that's not normal, right? I mean, we know we're not doing that. I know a lot of other people that aren't doing that. It turns out there's a lot of people who are not paying what most of our network right? Let's call it the ASOG network, the ratchet wrench network, whatever. We're not like everybody else. Right. And it took me some time to figure that out because when we started doing this podcast, we're talking to technicians. It was, it was mind blowing. Surely he, he must be a bad technician. He's just not at the right place. And then it became more and more frequent. We're hearing this. No, the rest of the industry's
4: not taking care of these guys. That's right. Well, and you know, you know the other thing that we had found out, uh, in the survey that we did, was that they're just there's nowhere for like technicians to like communicate with each other about yeah. you know, shops and you know what's going on out there. You know, most they don't people, network
3: as much as you would no. think they would. I mean, right. it was it, in my survey. It was like, what social media media right. are you on? Right. Nothing. And it was like it was yeah. like 20% were on okay. Facebook and you know uh, what are they mechanic Mems and. But ma- like the
4: majority were just like other technicians, like, and other, yeah. and service writers yeah. and whatever, but there's not this like broad, like, we have ASAR. Yeah. You know? So, you know, one of the things I would uh, love to hear back from, uh, you know, folks listening to this is what are these technician groups that right. are on Facebook that the great technicians are at? Because right. I would love to get the shops in touch with them right. that can provide, you know, the, the money and right. the training and right.
2: the life she can she can rattle her what bells all she likes is a yeah, I,
4: you
0: better come talk. I mean, she, she rattles
2: uh, the bells.
0: The know, so so everybody, this is this. Megan. Megan's the one who put all this together. She is the one who accomplished all this. Say hi, Megan.
1: Oh, hello. It certainly was a big team effort here at Ratchet & Wrench, but it's been a great experience, and we're going to have a lot of fun for the rest of it here. Invite
3: everybody, because this is a big group that listens to this. Heck
1: yeah. yes, yes. 2022, stay tuned.
3: Do we know where it's at yet?
1: We do. And that will be announced momentarily. Yes, right now it's just just attendees right now. (laughs) You know, you had to be here to know about it early, but it will be announced right after this conference. Awesome. Sweet. All right. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Well, I hope you enjoyed this special live episode of the ASOG podcast. If you'd like to catch these episodes early, you can do so by becoming a patron. Just go to ASOG.site and click on the Become a Patron Now button. Becoming a patron helps support the show, gets you several perks, and is tax-deductible. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and on YouTube so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot me an email. My email address is david at asog.site. That's D-A-V-I-D at A-S-O-G dot S-I-T-E. Until next time.